Welcome to the Faith Lakeside Podcast. Each week you'll hear another great message that will help you know God and make Him known in your life. Join us each Sunday at 1045 a.m. and throughout the week in small groups to make the most of your learning experiences. Now, sit back, relax with a great cup of coffee and a notebook and enjoy this week's message. So we do all of this, of course, to know God and make him known. That is our mission here, that we ourselves might know God more richly and know him better, but also be prepared to make him known in our lives, in our homes, in our jobs, in our grocery shopping. And we are going to wrap up today the, the letter of Paul to the church in Colossae. So if you've got your Bible, you can open it up to uh, Colossians chapter 4, the very last few verses. And we're going to be wrapping up. I know I told you a couple weeks ago that last week would be the last week. This week is for sure, though, the last week in Colossians. I promise. Um, and then later on this year, we're going to be looking uh, about how to be a Christian. So Colossians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18 These are the Apostle Paul's last words to the church in Colossae and the last things that he has for us as well in this letter. So he writes this and says, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her home. After this letter has been read at your gathering, have it read also in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea and tell Archippus, pay attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord So that you can accomplish it. I, Paul, am writing this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So these last few words are the the final ones where Paul really begins to include his words. His last statement. Oh no, we're all going to die. Is that somebody's weather alert? It's cool. I know you can't turn those things off. Tornado warning? Where is that for? Where's your phone set for? Somewhere in India? My goodness. I, I, it's, you have a really late phone. Um, something. Anyway, uh, we'd find you dead and your phone's going off two days late. That's terrible. Why would I say something like that? I don't know. Because, yeah, well, and you guys know my sense of humor by now. Uh, Anyway, here the Apostle Paul is wrapping up this letter with words from him. Uh, Up until this point, it's been words for the church from the Holy Spirit through him. Words of encouragement regarding the people he's sending. And now finally, these are his words of encouragement. The ones that are from his heart. And and so he sends his greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea. a, A city not too far from Colossae, if you remember. And then to Nympha whose church met in her home. And and if you remember from last week, we just kind of quickly went over the the fact that the early church didn't have beautiful buildings, did not have places like this set apart for meeting, but met in people's homes. And, uh, you know, as many Christians as could would gather together in a courtyard of some some, patron's home and and the church would be a a much more family kind of feel. What what a thing to, to aspire to, to seek out. That, that, that when we walk into this building, it's like walking into home, like it's walking into family time. And, and that's what the church was early and can be if we live with that kind of attitude. Then, then Paul writes this and says, after this letter has been read at your gathering, have it read also in the church of the Laodiceans 
and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And we, we kind of spent time last week tracking how scripture came to be counted as scripture. These, these letters that Paul wrote to the different churches, that Peter wrote, writes to the church in, in Asia, that John writes to us and the seven churches in Asia Minor. The, the, the things that have been written in the New Testament, how do they become scripture? Well, they were letters initially that were passed around amongst the churches and they, they were recognized as being written by the apostles and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we have our New Testament because these letters were preserved and passed around and counted as scripture. And when we talked about scripture last week, I encouraged you to do four things with the whole of God's word from Genesis to Revelation to read it, to know it, to live it and to proclaim it. And why would we do that? Because this is what we've been commanded to do with this revelation from God. If we just leave it sitting on our counters, we just leave it in the car, in the back seat from Sunday to Sunday, it serves us no real purpose. But if we know it, if we read it, know it, live it and proclaim it, we will be living out the Christian life as it was designed to be lived. And now we move into the last little bit of this letter. Verse 17 Paul says this, and this one feels like a really personal kind of statement, and it's because it is, but it's personal for us too, because this statement is about Archippus, but it's also about all of us. Paul says this to Archippus, pay attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord so that you can accomplish it. Paul wants Archippus to kind of wake up, to stop taking things for granted, to stop allowing Things to just happen around him and to really grab a hold of the ministry that God has given him. That's the whole idea of receiving a ministry is it's not something that you necessarily walk out and go, hmm, I'd like that one and that one. That one looks easy. I'll take it. But instead, we receive ministry calls from the Lord. We receive ministry and it must be paid attention to. And the whole goal, of course, is accomplishing ministry. Now, many of us, we would read this verse and we would go, I am so glad I'm not called to the ministry. I am. That's for people like Michael or, or guys on TV or ladies, ladies on the mission field or or others. But I am not called to ministry. And how do I know that? Well, when I read in scripture there, there, there's this call to ministry. You know, there's always this booming voice or there's this experience. And I've never had any of those. I've never had a vision. I've never, I've, I've never ever experienced this feeling that I have to do anything. In fact, I really just enjoy, you know, being a Christian. And, and the thing is, is truthfully, scripturally, we have all been called to ministry. And instead of saying, I'm not called, we should all be saying, so what is my ministry? Clearly, Archippus already knew what his ministry was. Why? Because he had received it from God. And Paul tells him, now do it. So that you can accomplish it. Finish this thing up. Live it out. Be faithful to what God has given to you. And so our question should not be, am I called to ministry? But instead, what is my ministry? And I want to point out to you some things in Scripture and some things that Scripture is going to tell us about your call to ministry. And some of us, like I said, we think that because we've never heard a voice or seen a fingerprint uh, or or had an angel come and tell us something or, you know, anything like that, that all of a sudden that we're free. We don't we're not called to ministry. Well, maybe. But then there are some of us who are we we have or or we, we have heard these things or we've seen these things or we've felt things. And we know that that there's something about us. Isaiah 6, 8 
uh, Isaiah is walking and having a vision and, and he's in the presence of God in this vision. And he hears a voice of the Lord saying, who will I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says this, here I am, send me. Isaiah has this call to ministry, but it's this general call. God is asking, well, who'll do it? And Isaiah says, well, I'll do it. Here's a voice. And then he responds. Now, that one seems kind of small because we have Apostle Paul who isn't just getting this general who will go, but he has this, this notion, this, this belief that God singled him out. He wasn't just looking for someone, maybe, who, but instead that God specifically chose the Apostle Paul to minister to Gentiles. Gentile, of course, is anyone who is not Jewish. Romans fifteen sixteen, Paul's speaking of his call to ministry. He says this about it. He was called to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, serving as a priest of the gospel of God. God's purpose is that the Gentiles may be an acceptable offering, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 2, 7, he says something similar. He says, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised or the, the Gentile, just as Peter was for the circumcised or the Jews. 1 Timothy 2, 7, Paul says this, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. We see these calls to ministry in, in, in scripture and we go, oh, that's what it means to be called to the ministry. I'm glad that's not me. Uh, you know, God's never told me to go to Africa. God's never told me to stand up and preach. God's never told me that, that I need to move, go, do, change. I, I have no clear call to ministry because we're expecting it to be this, this voice. We're expecting it to be this, this, this God coming down and saying, I choose you for this. Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 13 says this. He, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Yes, those are the people who are called the ministry, right? Those are the people who should be doing the work of ministry. Pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, apostles. But what is their job? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. To build up the body of Christ. The job of people who have been given this, this call to ministry from God. Who've heard the voice of God to go, to do, to belong. Their job is to train others up for ministry. But we all want to be like this. We want to be like Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.5. Where God, God's voice comes. Jeremiah is clear as to what he's hearing and what he's experiencing. And God says this to him. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Man, that, that is nothing more clear when it comes to a call to ministry than to hear God's voice and to hear him say, do this. And that is the first call to ministry that, that we might experience. To be a, a, a pastor or a teacher, to be a, a missionary to a specific people group, to be a, a, a prophet set apart from birth. You might have a specific call to ministry where God has called your name and told you, you must do this. You were made for this. You were shaped for this. Now, I, I feel like I have experienced a, a specific personal call to ministry. And you might want to hear the story. But even if you don't, I'm still going to tell it. And, and it's, it's, it's not long and it's not complex. In fact, it's really simple. I went through high school. I was in JROTC in high school, Marine Corps JROTC. I really wanted to be in the Marine Corps, either that or to be an MP in the army. I just wanted to break and maybe shoot and maybe, maybe destroy. You know, I was, I was of that bent. 
And I was ready to, to sign up, but waited. Ended up going on a mission trip right after high school. Um, and on that mission trip, a month in Venezuela. And you might go, why a month in Venezuela? I don't know. I went to this event. They said, you should go on a mission trip. Here's some countries you can go to. I said, I'd like to go on a mission trip. I like that country. I don't know where it is, but let's go. It's the cheapest on the list. My parents will like that. Um, and, and went to Venezuela for a month, raised funds, but I'm, I'm there. We're doing street evangelism. I got to play the cowboy in the evangelism skit. You might wonder, what? Yeah, I know. It was one of those things. But it told the gospel, the skit we did. I also got to be the guy. There, there was a skit we call, uh, did called Contagious. And, and it, it was this funny skit. And I was the guy who caught all the diseases. Um, I'll show you the sketch if you want, but... There's just not enough time, and I'm not energetic enough this morning. But, but the, the whole thing is I'm there for a month. We're doing evangelism. We're witnessing. We're sharing. And then we wrap up the month with three days on the beach at a place called Margarita Island. Um, and, and we literally slept on the beach for three nights. We ate food out of, like, the, the seaside huts and stuff. They gave us spending money. And, and I mean, I, I ate so much seafood, like, fresh, like, you know, it crawled up out of the ocean. They grabbed it, put it on my plate. But while I'm there, there's all this downtime. We're swimming in the ocean. We're sleeping on the beach. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the tide come in one time. And this, this tide pool slowly, slowly fills. And I see life in it and stuff. Cool. And then I come back later and, and the tide has gone out and this tide pool is still full. And, and I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, as though it were a voice, I feel God just telling me, you're like this. And you might go, a tide pool? It's like, yeah, that, that, that I want you to be the kind of person who receives my strength and, and the life that I give and then sustains it and gives life to others. And then I'll come back in and I'll fill you up, and, and then I want you to keep giving life. And I want you to, to be salty and I want you to be water and I want you to be, I mean, you know, when, when you're 17 and God's speaking to you and you're writing it in the back of your little tiny Bible, um, you, you, you get a lot of mixed metaphors. But the whole picture was by the time it was done, I knew I needed to be in ministry. I, I knew I was, I was made to preach, to teach, to share God's word. Came home, put in an application to Liberty. They would take anybody. There was a story at that time that they would take some, they took somebody's dog. Uh, but, uh, the, you know, so pretty low bar, but I pursued God's call to ministry. And, and so met Shelly, um, ended up serving full-time in ministry, youth ministry, lead pastor. I, I volunteered all over the place. I've done mission work. I've done construction stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's just, God called me to a life of service in ministry. And it's a very specific personal call. And I go back to that day on the beach. Now, he had been at work in me for a long time before that. But that day on the beach is when I knew it was sure. And some of you are like, that's a cool story. That's never happened to me. Okay. Maybe, maybe you've never had a beach experience. What about this? How can you know if you've had a specific personal call to ministry? Well, some of us, it is that direct, that very clear command from God. This is what I'm setting you apart for. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to. Jeremiah had that. The apostle Paul had that. that. That there is this, I know what I'm doing because this is what God made me for. For some of us, though, it's simply an unshakable burden that God has laid on our hearts that we cannot escape. 
You've maybe never heard the voice of God in the sense of a call to ministry. You've never had this, this vision of, of you were made for something more. But, but if God has laid a burden on your heart that's in line with the clear teachings of Scripture, something that must be accomplished in this world, and you're the one that needs to do it, that you can't sleep at night if you don't do it, that you, you, you can't focus without being able to do it, then there is a very good chance that you have a specific call to that ministry. The things that, that bother you, the things that eat you up, the things that consume you, and, and you know you've got to do something about it, that's the Holy Spirit within you speaking a call into your life, a specific call to ministry. The next one is just a, a simple willingness to fill a need. When, when Isaiah goes before God in, in his vision and, 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 and there on the throne, he sees the beauty of God and God says, you know, who can I send? Who will go out for me? Who will represent me? And I think I, it could be something like this. Isaiah probably looks around like, well, there's nobody else here. I'll, I'll go. That, that you're, you're, you recognize the need and you're willing to fill it. You're willing to say, I'll serve you, God, however. And that is a very specific call to ministry because God has said to you in your spirit or to you by the announcement in Sunday church that here's a need. Who's going to fill it? And you respond with, here I am. Send me. And that is a specific personal call to ministry like the prophet Isaiah. And some of us, it's just we, we were recognized by the church. The church looks at us and goes, oh, yeah, you're called to ministry. You're set apart. You're, you're ordained for something special. That might take you years to figure it out, but they knew the whole time. They understood the whole time. Your church family could see it in you. And, and in all honesty, that is, is one of the most beautiful experiences to have when your church family looks at you and goes, yep, this is what you should be doing. And some of you, People have been telling you that you should be doing specific ministry, that you were made for it, that you were shaped for it. And you've been telling them, no, I can't. No, I'm not. No, I shouldn't. And you are denying a specific personal call to the ministry. To something, a task that you were shaped for and made for. And so I want to encourage everyone today that, that there is a really good chance that many of us have received from God specific direct calls to ministry that are personal, shaped just for us. And we need to be listening. And we need to be responding. There are people who are not hearing the gospel because we don't respond. There, there are ministries that are going undone. And, and we can make it as basic as there are toilets that are potentially uncleaned. That, because you're not responding. When God says, uh, you know, who will clean for me? Here I am, send me, Lord. Who, who will feed others? Who will love them? Who will clothe the naked? Who will visit those in prison? He's calling us to specific ministries and tasks. Will we listen? Here's how you can know. Have you received a direct command? Did you, were you sitting at the tide pool and God spoke to you and said, get in ministry? Get in ministry. Do you have an unshakable burden? You know that something needs to be done about some issue in this world regarding biblical truth or living out gospel. And you're the one that needs to be doing it. Is there a need that you see that no one else sees and you're willing to fill it? That's your call. Get up and do. Is everybody around you saying, I see in you something that you haven't seen yet? You need to pursue this. Get up and do it.
So this is the first type of ministry is a specific personal call to ministry. And some of us were sitting around and we're waiting for that. God, speak to me. Until then, I don't feel like I have any real responsibility before you. But here's what scripture tells us is that while there are very direct and specific calls personalized to ministry, all of us have been called to ministry in some form or fashion. And I'm going to show you just a a handful of ways in which every one of us as believers has been called to participate in the ministry of Jesus Christ in order to serve, do, and glorify him. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This was a promise to the first of the disciples uh, as Jesus is ascending into heaven. But it's for all of us. The Holy Spirit fills each and every believer. We are empowered by him. And what is our job? To be witnesses. What is our ministry? To be witnesses. Now, what does it mean to witness? It means to tell people what you know. That's, you, if you today were called to go to a courtroom and serve on the witness stand to give your testimony, what do they expect of you? Do they expect you to be an expert in everything? Do they expect you to answer every possible question regarding every circumstance or, or nook or cranny of the case? Are you supposed to know all of the ins and outs? No. To be a witness on the witness stand is simply to tell the court what you know. To be a witness for Christ is simply to tell those around you what you know to be true. And if you're not sure it's true, then maybe you need to take a second look at it and know where you stand with God in Christ Jesus. But every believer, every Christian who has made that profession of faith, your call to ministry is to witness Your call to ministry is to glorify God in all that you do. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Eat as a witness to Christ. Drink as a witness to Christ. Drive as a witness to Christ. I, my poor family, they caught an earful last night. There was this dude in a white Chevy Blazer as we were coming home on 70. And he drove stupid and I did not speak Christ-like things. But, but even in those things, we're supposed to be seeking to glorify Christ. We're witnesses in all that we do. Here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This brings us back to really Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. We can go all the way back to the Old Testament and God's expectations, his call to ministry for all of his people has been this. Listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. This is a call to ministry that says everything that you do, do it as a witness to the God who loves you. Everything that you do, everywhere you go, you are to love God. 
and teach others of his glorious goodness. This is not a ministry set apart for a specific few. This is one for all of God's children. Everyone who is part of the kingdom of the Son, we are supposed to be loving God and teaching others. Second, very direct ministry each of us has been called to. Every believer, everywhere, called to the ministry of making disciples. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Some of us have have a specific personal call to ministry. Some of us have, have said God has set us apart and we know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. But all of us have been called to the ministry of making disciples. This isn't like something that's set apart for just a special few. But each and every one of us as a Christian, we are called to make disciples. How do we make disciples? Well, we make them by going out and teaching them about Jesus and seeing to it that they get brought into the life of the church. That's what baptism is significant and, and, and referring to is bringing them into the life of the church. And so that is the job, the ministry for each and every one of us. Paul says this as well, another ministry that we've been given. 2 Corinthians 5.18, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We have been given a ministry of going out and helping people discover what it is and how to be reconciled to God. That is the gospel in Christ Jesus. Seems that a lot of this ministry that we've been called to as believers relates back to one specific thing, doesn't it? Go out and share the gospel. Make disciples. Glorify God. Love God in all that you do. Teach people how to be reconciled to God. Paul says to Archippus, remember what you've been called to and then do it. Remember the ministry that you've been given and then fulfill it. Christians, all of us have been given these varying ministries. Every one of us is called to do ministry in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every one of us is called to ministry. Even if we don't have a direct, specific, personal call to something, a specific task, every one of us should be doing ministry in all that we do. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, another ministry that we've been given For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We were made for a ministry of doing right things. James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows... In their distress, good works, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. All of us, all of us, every believer from Jesus to today has been called to a ministry of good works and holiness. Doing what is right, doing what is beneficial for those who are in need, and setting aside, setting ourselves apart unto Christ. And being unstained from the world. 
do, do you see that, that when Paul is talking to Archippus and he is telling him, listen, don't forget the ministry. Pay attention to the ministry you have received from the Lord. Why do you have to pay attention to it? So that you can accomplish it. If you do not pay attention to something and you ignore a task, what happens? You will fail. You will fall short. I mean, we we all know that a task long ignored doesn't just complete itself, does it? I've tried that. Haven't you? Haven't you tried that thing where if you just ignore it long enough, it'll get better. It'll do itself, right? I tried that with my lawn here recently. It doesn't work, does it? It just grows and grows and grows. And then you have a jungle. I've tried it with with leaks. I've tried it with with home repairs. I've tried it with relationships. I've tried it with ministry. To just hope that I can stand back and, and it'll all take care of itself. And if I ignore it long enough, it'll get better. It'll do itself. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be fine. We've all been given a ministry. Given ministry. Given great and meaningful ministry by the Savior who loves us. And like Archippus, too often we ignore it. And it's important that you hear me and you're reminded. Pay attention to the ministry you have received from the Lord. Why? So that you can accomplish it. So that you can really live in it. So that you can can stand before your Savior on the day of judgment and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Instead of having him ask, so what did you do with what I gave you? Why did you ignore it? It was for you. And you did nothing with it. So you might ask yourself, well, what is my ministry? Well, for some of us, there will be or there has been a specific personal call to a specific task in a specific place or time. And you can't deny it. The prophet Jeremiah he, he had this, this ministry where the whole country was falling down around him. And there were false prophets that were saying, peace, peace, the whole time. There were kings who wanted him to prophesy on their behalf and tell them how good everything was going to be. And he had to keep prophesying what God gave him. And what God gave him were prophecies of judgment. Coming judgment that that Judah, the kingdom of Judah would be wiped out. And that they would go into captivity. And that's what God gave him for prophecy. What a great message, right? Everybody wants, can you just encourage us? Yeah, no, sorry. We're all going to go to Babylon. It's going to be terrible. But it's only going to be 70 years. It'll get better after that. No, tell us something nice, Jeremiah. I can't. Because this is what God has given to me. He literally says that, that if he could, he would, he would stop speaking God's word. But God's word within, within him was like fire within his bones. And he had to get it out. If you have a ministry that you've been called to and you try and squash it, eventually it's going to start feeling like fire in your bones. And you're going to have to get it out. I would encourage you, if, if God has, has placed on your heart, he's called you specifically to go and do something, get up, go and do it. 
burning bones is a condition that does not feel good. The second, the second thing, what is your ministry? You're trying to answer that question. Well, for every one of us, maybe we don't have a specific personal call to a place and a time or a people group, but all of us have been called to the ministry of loving God and teaching others. All of us. And not teaching in a formal setting, like sit down in Sunday school and teach, you know, here's your curriculum, but teaching others. Everywhere you go, talk about your Jesus as much as you can. Be his witness. Be someone who believes it and lives it in front of others. Love God and teach others. That is a specific call of the, to you for ministry in scripture. Next, make disciples. Make disciples. How do you make disciples? You share your faith. You teach them what it is to believe. You help bring them into the body, the life of the church, where they can be baptized and made one with their Savior and his people. That is your ministry. That's what you've been given. That's what you have received from God. It's what all of us have received from God. It's not just my job to make disciples. It's all of us in this job together because we've been called to it by our Savior. You and I, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. There are people lost, hurt, and dying for eternity in our world. And they need us to bring to them the good news that God wants to be reconciled to them. He wants to make peace with them. He wants to pay the price for their sinful rebellion and receive them back to himself and be in a relationship with them. That's the ministry we've been given. What, a, what an awesome ministry to call out to people. There is peace with God. If you'll only come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. We've been given. Finally. A ministry of good works and holiness. Where we are supposed to be doing things that glorify God and serve others. Even as we work to avoid being stained. By the sin and darkness of this world around us. When we read Paul encouraging Archippus, we should not read, oh, I bet he was just falling short. We should read instead for ourselves an encouragement. You've received a ministry. Now do it. Focus on it. Pay attention to it that you might accomplish it. One commentator said this of this passage. Find your fulfillment in being the Lord's agent to bring your church, your family and your task to its fulfillment. That we in the ministries that we've been given are directly responsible to our Lord, our church, and our family. And, and so many of these tasks, they tie up and they go hand in hand together. They're critical to our church. If you don't do the work of the ministry, our church falls short and fails. If you ignore the, the calling on your life, your family will, will struggle and, and, and even potentially fall apart and be lost. If, if you don't respond with, yes, Lord, help me to pay attention to this ministry, that you will ultimately lack fulfillment and find yourself discouraged and distraught in your faith. Real fulfillment comes in being 
the minister that we were all called to be, serving in the ministries that we were made for in order to glorify God and bring all of it to fulfillment. And so when we read 417, and tell and just put your name in there. Not Archippus, put your name in there. Pay attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord so that you can accomplish it. And, and, and now I hope you understand there is no excuse. Well, God hasn't given me a ministry. I mean, I'm, I'm not supposed to preach. I'm not supposed to be somewhere as a missionary. I'm not supposed to go do this or do that. Uh, you know, this, the ministry. I hope you understand that that's no longer an excuse. We have all been given ministry from the hand of God. And if Christ is your savior, you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In all of those ways we've talked about, pay attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord so that you can accomplish it. It will not just happen. It's not just going to come to pass because you've ignored it very diligently. Instead, that ministry will go unfulfilled, unaccomplished, and you yourself will find that you're unfulfilled as well. Pay attention to the ministry you have received. Now, as Paul wraps up the last verse of this letter that he's written to us in the church in Colossae, he says this, I, Paul, am writing this greeting with my own hand. Now, I mentioned last week why he did that. The, the, the rest of this letter was likely written by a secretary. Timothy, I believe, is, is who we believe wrote this for Paul. Not wrote it as, as far as the ideas, but penned it for him so that Paul could just sit back and kind of go, and, you know, I've got this to say. Uh, but Timothy writes this, but this last little bit, Paul writes in his own hand. Now he does this to prove this is all from me. And I'm the Apostle Paul. You know my signature. You know what my handwriting looks like because you've seen it on other letters where I've done this same thing. And so I want you to know that this is authoritative. This has come from, from me. And it's not just my words, but it's the words of our Savior by his Spirit through me. And I'm writing this with my own hand. And then he says this, remember my chains. This is just such a, like, almost a slap in the face kind of a, a thing. It, but it's an encouragement, too. If you think your ministry is hard, and you think that what God has called you to and the places that he's placed you in, and living out what we've talked about all throughout this letter is difficult, has he yet called you to the place of being in chains or giving your life for the faith? If not, you're good. You're going to make it. Keep going. Because here I am, Paul says, essentially, sitting in chains, and I'm good. I can write to you with confidence. I can share with you and tell you it's all worth it. Remember my chains. First of all, you don't have chains yet, so there's much for you to still give. And second of all, you don't have chains yet. You're great. Keep serving Jesus. And then finally, grace be with you. What is grace? It is that unearned, undeserved love and favor from God. Every time we wake up, 
Do you know what we're receiving? Grace. Every time we breathe, we're receiving grace. Every time we eat, it's grace. Every time we're, we're with friends or family or here at church, it's the grace of God. It's his unearned, undeserved love and favor. Every time we get a hug, it's grace. Every time the car starts, it's grace. Paul wants us to have this perspective and understanding that everything is grace and it's all from him, God, and he's always pouring it out on our behalf. So Paul is, is really in these last few verses talking about God's word and the letter that he writes and talk about the call to ministry. He wants to encourage us to, to, to some certain things, to be filled and empowered by the word of God. You know what's interesting is in ministry, I have no authority in and of myself. If you guys follow Michael, you are fools. If you follow any preacher, teacher, spiritual person for the sake of who they are, you're making a terrible choice. If they do not speak, if I do not speak from the authority of scripture, I have no authority at all. As a parent, if I don't speak from the authority of scripture, I have no authority at all. Be filled and empowered by the word of God. Read it. Know it, live it, proclaim it. And as you are filled, empowered, filled and empowered by the word of God, pursue your assigned ministry to its completion. Some of you may have received a personal specific call to ministry and you need to talk to somebody and, and know how to, how to live that out. We've got folks here in church who can help you. Others, myself. Uh, Steve Underkoffler has, has walked through what it is to live out a call to missions and serving God. Others have, have walked out short-term calls to ministries. Go in, hit this task, do it hard, and celebrate kind of calls. But if you have a personal, specific call to ministry, you need to be pursuing it. Because it's been assigned to you. And it's what God has for you. And pursue it until it's done, until it's over, until you see Jesus face to face. And why can we do this? Why can we walk in this? Because we are fully confident of his grace. Grace upon grace upon grace. And his provision in all things. The Apostle Paul is sitting there in chains under house arrest Dependent upon the good graces of others for every aspect of his life. Someone is having to pay for or give to him all of everything. Every last thing he needs is coming from somebody else's hand. And all of that provided by the hand of God. And he, sitting there in chains, says God will provide when we are faithful. So be filled and empowered by the word of God. Pursue your assigned ministry to its completion. It may be specific. It may be one of those general ministries that all of us are called to. But finally, be fully confident of God's grace and provision in everything in your life. Look, we get confused as Americans and think that Christianity is all about us. But the truth is, is that Christianity is all about 
glory to God and God's redemptive story for everyone who would hear and believe. And you were called, you were saved, not just so you don't go to hell someday, but so that you can be used to minister to, to reach out to, and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the world around you. Starting with those closest to you. And then following specific calls, maybe even to some crazy, wild, faraway place as well. But be filled and empowered by the word of God. Pursue your assigned ministry to its completion. And be fully confident of his grace and provision in all things. And you will be exactly what God has called you to be. And you will find fulfillment in him. Let's pray. And then we'll close with our last song of the morning. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this, this word from the Apostle Paul. How he reminds Archippus and us to pay attention to the ministry we've received from you. So that we can accomplish it. Help us just to, to realize our, our power and authority lie in your word. That, that everything we need is in there. And that you've called us to, to ministry Sometimes specifically, but all of us to the ministry of the gospel, of sharing the good news, of of serving others. You've called us all to that ministry. May we not ignore it. May we pay attention. May we not make it a, a, a down the line thing on our list of priorities. But instead, may we raise it up to the place of prominence where it belongs. And serve in the ministry that you called us to. That we might find fulfillment in it and fulfill what you've made us for and saved us for. Father, we pray that if anybody this morning is is wrestling with a specific personal call to ministry, to a place, to a time, to a people group, that you would give them the boldness to proclaim it, to speak it out, and to, to seek the advice of others on how to fulfill it and how to walk in it. Undoubtedly, this morning, there's someone who... who be- sees the, 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 a call to missions, uh, someone who sees a call to, to full-time pastoral ministry or, or vocational ministry in someplace like a mission or soup kitchens or out some place in the world with an organization like World Vision and, and serving the needs of the, the poor and the broken and the hurting and the refugee. Would you speak to our hearts and clarify those calls in our lives? And help us to understand that calls to specific ministry are not just for young people. But in fact, the retiree has their whole life in front of them. With lots of free time. And that you might be recalling any of us or all of us to something specific. Help us to see that. But above all, help us to be faithful to the general ministry you've made us all for and saved us all for. Thank you for this time. And we thank you for the children who will be returning to school, the students who will be returning to school, the teachers returning to school. We pray your blessings upon all of them. We pray that you would keep them safe from the lies of the enemy. And that there would be teachers and other students who are living out their call to ministry too. Lifting up your good news, living according to your word, and standing against the attacks of the enemy. Thank you for your time, or for this time, and thank you for your word. Continue to speak to us as we wrap up these moments together.
your name is